Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Well, good morning again. This morning, we're going to continue on um, with the message that I began last week, the battle within. And we will be looking in the book of Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. Now, I'm breaking this message down into several parts so that we can cover it um, without trying to do everything in in one fell swoop, because uh, I think we need to dig in a little deeper than than just kind of covering the surface. And so if you missed last week's message, I would encourage you to to go back and and watch it. If if this if this topic is kind of scratching where you're itching, I'll say now this section of Romans is dealing with what happens in the Christian's life once they accept Christ, when once we become we become a follower of Christ, then, um, you know, logic says, oh, great, life is good now and I just go on and live happily ever after. But the reality is, is we still continue to struggle with sin and. So Paul is addressing this issue in the book of Romans chapter 7. You know, what what happens? Why is there this battle with sin going on? You know, when we come to Christ, the old person, the old us, it it tells us in in the word that 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 old person becomes a corpse. They, they, they die. And your, your old you is no longer there. Uh, Galatians two 20 says my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we, we understand that that's our, our old nature is dead. It's crucified. Paul is, Paul says in second Corinthians five seventeen. this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. So as followers of Christ, um, our new nature is one of righteousness. It, it is one that desires holiness. And that is, that is who you are now in Christ. But if that's true, then why do we keep on sinning? And that's the issue of Romans 7. It, was there is there something wrong with our salvation? The fact that we we continue to struggle with sin, or or it did did it not take? You know, it, it did. It, did I try to become a Christian and and something happened? There was you know there was a power surge and the download didn't go through. You know what happened? Well, the truth is there in Christ. The new person, the inner person is there. He is he is present in our life. The Holy Spirit is present. But 
we still suffer the effects of our old nature. I've used this example before, but it's the idea of a, a tornado comes through and the clouds come and you have this, this horrible tornado. But then once the tornado's gone, the birds are out singing, the sun is shining again, but you still have the mess that the tornado caused. And you still have to deal with all of the devastation. You have to deal with the, the destruction. And it's not in our lives. We, we have a new nature in Christ, but we still have the effects of our old nature. And it's not just our flesh, you know, not just our physical body, but our thoughts, our emotions, our will. Everything is corrupted by sin. Our humanity, if you want to think of it that way, is completely corrupted by sin. Even though sin is no longer to be what controls us, we still have to deal with it. Romans 6.14 says sin is no longer the master over us, but it is still very much present. I, I used this example in the earlier service. Have you ever hit a skunk with a car? Okay, if you've ever even driven by where a skunk has recently sprayed, you're, the smell just kind of socks in. It's just, it's there. And you can go through the process of cleaning up and, you know, you can clean the carpet in the car and you can clean the upholstery. You can do all of those things and you think you've got it cleaned up. But the first time there's a nice, warm, humid day, you go and you open the door and you get in the car and that skunk smell is still there. It just, it hangs on. It, it won't go away. Well, that's kind of the way our sin nature is, that even though we do everything we know to do, that sin nature just permeates into everything that we are. And so... This is the, the struggle that Paul is, is talking about. And last time we, we looked at the fact that we know that the law is spiritual. The, the law deals with us on a spiritual basis. You know, God's word is a spiritual uh, experience, but we still have to live in the reality of, of this broken nature. And so... Paul says, we know that the law is spiritual, it's holy, it's righteous, it's good, but I'm of the flesh and I've been sold into bondage to sin. So this is our reality as followers of Christ, as Christians, even though you and I have been set free from sin, we are still very vulnerable to it. And so as a result, we must actively fight it. We must actively resist it. We must actively go about the business of ridding our life of sin. And, and again, it's, it's not just some easy thing where we go, oh, it, it, it's ingrained in who we are. So Paul writes in chapter uh, verse 15, the second part, I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. 
And, and this is this is the conflict that, that we have the Holy Spirit now living in our lives and the Holy Spirit is calling us to righteousness. The Holy Spirit is is speaking to us and, and saying, live a godly life, pursue holiness, seek righteousness. And so that is that is our nature. That is what we want to do now. But on the uh, on the other side, our old nature still wants to live in the gutter. It still wants to to pursue after sinful things. We have a desire to be godly, but we also have a desire to sin. And so Paul says this this old nature is now foreign to who I really am. The, this sin thing is not what I want to be about. Sin is no longer the real me. You know, after salvation, the part of a person where, where sin resides is not part of the new creation where, where the Holy Spirit has taken up residence. The old nature, it, Paul says in verse 18, it's in my flesh. And by flesh, he's not just talking about, you know, meat and bones. He's, he's talking about our, our humanness. Now, Paul, if you remember, again, this is kind of from last week. This is almost like a, a lament that Paul is, is expressing here. He's, he's frustrated. He's groaning. And again, as followers of Christ, we should be uncomfortable with sin in our life. We should, we should be able to look at our life and say, I don't like the fact that I, I desire sin. I, I want to love the law of God. I want to, I want to please God. I want to be obedient to God. I want my life to be one that brings honor and glory to God, but doggone it. I keep messing up. I keep sinning. I keep doing things that I don't want to have in my life. And that's the frustration that Paul has. Verse 18, he says, I know that nothing good dwells in me. In other words, in my flesh, in my humanity, there is nothing good. Sin has been wiped out, but it's still there like that skunk odor. It's just still hanging around. Then in the second half of verse 18, he says, for the wishing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. And then verse 19, he says, for the good that I wish I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want to. So, we need to understand, and this is important for us to understand, so that we can live successful, victorious lives in Christ. We, we have, when we accept Christ into our life, when, when we become followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. We have righteousness in us, but... That righteousness is surrounded by our humanity, our, our human nature. And so as a result, there is a conflict. There, there is a very real conflict. And you should, you should understand that. You should see that. You should recognize that. Because if you 
don't have a problem with sin. If, if it never occurs to you that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a scoundrel here. I, I, you know, I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts or I shouldn't, I shouldn't have the desire to do these things. You know, if you don't ever have thoughts like that, that's a pretty good indication you're not a follower of Christ. You're, you're not a born-again Christian. There should be a conflict going on in your life. You know, Paul is saying, I know what I want. I want the law of God. I want to I fulfill the law of God. I, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's holy. I want to do what's righteous. But I just keep messing it up. So... It's important that we, we see this and we understand that. In 1 John, John writes, one born of God does not continue in a pattern of sin. And what that means is, is that he, he's not saying you never sin. He's just saying that it, it's, it's not supposed to be habitual for you. It, it's, it's not supposed to be who you are. It's supposed to be something, again, that you, you are in conflict over. And then Paul says, as much as I don't want to sin, I want to do good, but I still find myself doing it. And, and that's, that, that's the description that each of us ought to have, that it bothers us that we're doing this. Now, if again... If, if you're burdened by your sin, that's a good thing. Please understand that. If you are burdened by sin in your life, then that's a, that's a sign that you're saved because an unsaved person isn't going to care. That, that's not going to be a, a problem for them. So we, we understand how we should be grateful to God for all he's done for us. And, and we understand that we should live lives of holiness. And we understand how important it is for us to live lives of praise and, and live lives of service. Uh, because that, that means that we are, are living as examples, if you will, of godliness and, and God's virtue. And our sin should be a, a point of, of discomfort. It should be a place of grief in our lives. And that's what Paul's communicating. Three times in this section, he repeats this process where he says, I want to do what's good. I just don't do it. And, and the good that I want to do, I don't do. And so I find myself doing the very thing I don't want to do. And then in verse 20, he says, if I'm doing the very thing I don't wish, I'm no longer the one doing it, but sin that dwells in me. And, and so he's trying to help us understand that that sin nature is no longer a part of who he is. And as followers of Christ, we need to understand that, that when you become a born again follower of Christ, then you are no longer under the, the guise of sin 
And so when you sin, it, it's, it's that foreign nature. Now, this does not mean that we have an excuse where we can say, hey, the devil made me do it. You know, I, I, it's not my fault. I, I, I don't have any responsibility. That's not what this is talking about. What he's just helping us to understand is that we have this foreign entity that is still active in our lives and we have to get it under control. But at the same time, we also understand that it's, it is foreign to us now. It's not a part of our nature anymore. And then he gets in verse 21, he kind of gets down to the third time he expresses this frustration. I find then the principle of evil is present in me. The one who wishes to do good. Again, he he's saying, you know, that, that the old this foreign power that is evil is within me and it's still in me. Um, or how many of y'all remember the old Pogo cartoon? Is, is nobody? Oh, all right. Gosh. Well, one of the famous lines from the Pogo cartoon is we have met the enemy and he is us. And that's, that's the issue for us. Boy, I mean, I missed that one by a mile. Now, Verse 22, he says, for I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. This is really kind of a cool statement. And, and again, here is a little indicator how to know if you are a born again follower of Christ. Do you want to please God? Do you have within you a desire to love the word of God, to, to get the word of God into your life? Is, is that something that you want? Is that something that you desire? If you do, that's proof that the Holy Spirit is active in your life. If, if you could care less about the Bible, care less about God, care less about pleasing God, then you can safely say you probably don't have the Holy Spirit living within you. But he says, I joyfully concur with the law of God. I, I, I agree with the law of God. I, I, want, I want to please God. I want to be all about serving God and living for God. But I'm frustrated because I also know that I have within me this dark side, if you will, the, this other aspect of me that wants to do wrong, that, that wants to sin. And as again, as a believer, hopefully this is something that you're going, yeah, this this describes me. The inner person is a new redeemed person the new creation, the new life, but we're still attached to the old nature. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul writes, when the outer man is decaying, the inner man is always being renewed day by day. I don't know if you realize it or not. When we think of the word decay, you know, you think of like, roadkill and you watch it just fall apart and kind of crumple back into itself. I, I hate to break this to you all, but each and every one of us is in the process of decaying right now. 
Um, if you have arthritis and sore joints, um, if you've ever had to have a cavity filled in your teeth or a root canal, or if you've ever had to have hip replacement or knee replacement or joint replacement, it's because you are decaying. You know, we are all in the process of decaying. We may slap some plaster and put some extra bolts in there to hold things together, but we're in the process. And what we need to understand is that our, our old nature is decaying, but our new nature is eternal. It will never decay. It will never grow old. It will never fall into disrepair. And that's, that's the, the joy that we have, the hope that we have as, as Christians is that in our inner person, we are being renewed day by day. It's really interesting. Um, if you ever sit down and read Psalm 119, it is, it's the longest of all of the Psalms. And there are 176 verses in, the, in Psalm 119. And it's really amazing that as you read it, David, who wrote Psalm 119, for 175 verses, he talks about the fact that I love the law of God. I, I am devoted to the law of God. I want to fulfill the law of God. The law of God is everything to me. It's so important. And he, for 175 verses, he's saying that over and over in different ways. And then he gets to the very last verse and instead of it being some, you know, the, the final big verse of how much he loves God, he says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. So 175 verses of expressing a love for God and a love for God's word. And then the last verse is, but dad gummit, I've gone astray. He was living Romans 7, before Romans 7 was ever written. It's the age-old issue that every believer has. In his heart, we want, in our heart, we want to serve God. We want to live for God. We want to honor God. But doggone it, we keep messing up. We keep sinning. Now, back in Romans, um, verse 23, he says a different principle. Um, he says, you know, I see a different law in the members of my body. You know, what, what he's saying is in my flesh, I see something going amok that's not what I want. And, and, and so there's a war literally taking place in my, my life. You know, this is strong language he's using here. He, he's not tippy-toeing around. He's saying, this is a real problem. This is a real issue. I, I am being enslaved by this sin, and it makes me mad. It makes me frustrated. It, it makes me want to strike out. My condition is I'm in conflict. You know, the proof is that I'm doing the things that I don't want to do. 
And why? Because sin is present in my life. This is a real struggle. And again, as followers of Christ, you should be experiencing this very real struggle. And he gets so frustrated that in verse 24, he says, wretched man that I am. You know, uh, what does wretched mean? It means miserable. It means he's distressed. It means he's disgusted. You know, people, it's human nature for us to say, you know, we are, we're a good people. You know, humans basically intrinsically are good people at heart. And, and they, you know, just given the chance and the circumstances, people will always do the right thing. The reality is the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. We all are messed up. And so we need to understand. And, and that was the whole point of, of the law of God was to help people understand you do not measure up to God's perfect standard. You cannot measure up to God's perfect standard. Even once we are saved, we personally do not measure up to God's perfect standard. It is only the Holy Spirit within us. And this is what we need to understand. Verse 24, he goes on, he says, Oh, wretched men that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? And I told you last week, remember Paul is from Tarsus. And I told you about the, the form of capital punishment that they used in that region where when someone murdered someone else, they would take the murderer and they would literally attach the dead body to the person who committed the murder. They would tie them hand and feet ankle to ankle, knee to knee, and they would, they would slap them together. And then as that body decomposed, it would carry over and cause the living person to become inflicted by the, this diseased body that they're attached to. A horrible way to kill somebody. But that was the point. And so what would happen is the, the death of one person would ultimately lead to the death of the other person. And growing up in Tarsus, Paul probably had witnessed this. He had seen this type of punishment inflicted on, on somebody. And boy, that would make an impression on you, wouldn't it? You know, it you'd want to make sure you, you never found yourself in that situation. But this is what Paul seems to be describing, that in our new nature, we are still attached to this body of death. We, we are stuck. We are attached. We cannot get away from this sin, the, this nature that is, is afflicted by sin. And so... We, we struggle night and day dealing with this. Now, it's important for us to understand this. You would think that as you grow in your, your relationship with God, that not sinning and 
being able to control sin would become an easier thing. But that's that's actually not true, because what happens is the more you get to know God, the more you get to understand who God is, the more aware of your own sin you become. And you may think, well, I'm, I'm basically doing okay, but we, we don't compare ourselves to each other. We always are in comparison to God. And the more you know God, the more you realize, wow, I, I'm a real scallywag. I, I'm not a good person at all. I, I you know, I, I, I've, I've got some serious problems and that's okay. That's a good thing because you see, when, when Paul asked, who will set me free from this body of death? Jesus Christ is who sets us free from the body of death. Now, this is important. This is really important to understand. When God looks at me and you, he doesn't see us as sinners. Remember the old John Conley song, Rose Colored Glasses? I won't sing it for you. But anyhow, when God looks at us, he looks at us if you will, through rose-colored glasses. And the rose color comes from the blood of Jesus. When, when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see me as I see me, as a, a real scummy, bad person who sins all the time. He sees me through the lens of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus died on the cross for me, he sees me as pure and holy and righteous because Jesus cleansed my sin. He cleansed me of all my sin, not just the sin before I got saved. He cleansed me from the sin that I'm going to commit this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. He cleansed me of all my sin. And that's true for you. It's true for me. It's true for anybody who has committed their life to Christ. So it's important that we we catch that again. That doesn't mean that we just sin freely and go, I don't care. I'm off scot free that, you know, if we truly love God, we don't want to sin. Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Someday Jesus will set us free from this body of sin. One day we will have a body just like Jesus, a righteous body, a body that is not afflicted with sin. And, and so it's important that we, we keep that mindset correct because again, it becomes real easy to become frustrated and say, man, I'm such a bad person. I, I just can't ever do anything right. I quit. I, I just throw in the towel. I quit. I'm not even going to try anymore. Uh, and, and we just kind of throw aside what Jesus did for us. Romans chapter eight is, is where we come to the victory, if you will. And, and Romans chapter eight is where I'm going to preach from next week. We'll spend, uh, spend most of our time in Romans chapter eight, verse one. But what, what we need to understand is that the day is going to come when Jesus sets us free in first Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 53, 
Paul wrote this, for this perishable body, in other words, like we are right now, must be put, must put on the imperishable and the mortal body must put on immortality, (laughs) immorality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the time when we will get rid of these bodies. We will once and for all be done with this old, broken down body. And we will instead have glorious bodies because of Jesus Christ. But until then, we're stuck in the reality that we're in. And that's what verse 25, Paul says, so then, and it's almost like he's sighing here. So then, on the one hand, I am old. On the one hand, I find myself with my mind. I'm serving the law of God. But on the other hand, my flesh and the law of sin. And that's the predicament you are going to stay in your entire life. It's reality. You are never going to achieve sinless perfection this side of eternity. None of us will. What we are to do is we are to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. You know, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We anticipate heaven. We anticipate glory. We anticipate being set free from this body of sin. In my most essential nature, I am righteous because Christ dwells in me. But the reality is in my flesh, I still desire sin. And it's, it's not that I want to sin. It's just, it's, it's part of my old nature. The reality of my humanity is that I am residing in sin and I will never know the full deliverance until this body gets transformed. But until then, the battle rages on. That brings us to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the victory right here. I said last week that our sin, we become like Teflon. Sin doesn't stick to us anymore. And what we need to understand, and this is where I'm going to spend the time next week, is that when we sin, it's no longer accounted as sin to us because Christ died for our sins. We are set free from that. So when we sin, it bounces off of us. God looks at us. He sees righteousness. He sees holiness. Now, again, that doesn't mean we don't confess our sin. It doesn't mean that we, we just say, okay, it doesn't matter anymore. I'll sin all I want. Because if we're truly following Christ. We don't want to sin, but this, this is the victory. You are not condemned in Christ Jesus. 
And that's a reason to celebrate. And that's what we'll spend next, next Sunday on. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for helping us to understand this battle, helping us to understand the, the struggle and to recognize it. It's one thing, Father, to, to struggle and not know why. It's another to, to struggle, but at least understand why there's the struggle. And so, Father, thank you for giving us this word from the Apostle Paul and for helping us to, to realize that um, we are free from sin and that you give us the ability to walk in, in new life. Help us, Father, to live in that reality, to live in that victory. And Lord, I, I pray specifically that for each and every person in this room right now, that your will will be carried out in their life. Each of us come to you at a different point with different sets of, of concerns and issues. My prayer, Father, is, and, and again, another reason to worship you, you meet us exactly where we are. We, you are not a one-size-fits-all God, and I thank you for that. And I just pray, Lord, that you will help each of us to honestly come to you in prayer right now and just say, Lord, help me. Help me where I am. Help me deal with what I'm dealing with. Help me to focus on you and know that you and you alone are all I need to meet the struggles of life. And I just give you praise now and thank you in Jesus name. Amen.